Hello, ladies. The Big Balboski here. And right now, you're listening to the Matt Madness Podcast. They talking all of this madness. Talking all of this madness. Talking all of this madness. They talking all of this. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ron Pashery. With me this week are my good friends, Mr. Sexy Punta Cana, then now forever, C. Kane Joe Rottermill. Delco Original. Delco Original. Representing the motherland. <laughs> all systems, Joe. Uh, we have Mr. Wednesday Night Live. We call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo. Aaron Lloyd. Um, so this week, I think because as a collective, I think none of us are thrilled with the weekly WWE product on either show. So Alo came up with a, a suggestion a few weeks ago. Let's give ourselves a break for one week, and we'll give our individual top ten. Tag teams of all. Wait, time. are you telling me you don't want to cover Goldberg versus Undertaker? I am telling you, I'm or not sh- even acknowledging that that or, is. Or happening. H versus Orton? Yeah, come on, <laughs> H versus Orton. Yeah, and I don't even know which one I like less. Although I did watch, <laughs> although I did watch, and I don't know if you did, uh, Aaron. Did you watch the um, NXT pay per view? Uh, I didn't finish it, but I've been watching it while I, thought, I do cardio. I it, was it was really good. I thought that was pretty damn good. Did you watch Breeze and Dream? Yes, it was really good. Now, if you want to compare it to Double Nothing, if you could take you could take the five feature matches from Double Nothing and compare it to this, mind you, I haven't seen the fight, uh, the Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano match. I, I I would prefer the NXT show than the um, AEW show, but like I thought the Tyler Breeze Velveteen Dream match was excellent. Like the whole point of them doing one upsmanship the entire match. Like, <laughs> did you see it, Pash? I have not seen it yet. No. Okay, so like. In the pro in the in a video package, because you, you you can see Tyler Breeze and Velveteen Dream are, are similar in their personalities and their character. So there was a part yeah, in the both in flamboyant. The, yeah. Like, so there was a, there was a part in the in the video package where Dream says, um, "Tyler Breeze is the great value version of the Velveteen Dream." <laughs> <laughs> I did see something he said in a promo like. If you give out your phone number and you don't get called up, it means no, they're not interested or something like that, which was like a, <laughs> yeah. a good jab at him for not getting called up to the main roster, I guess. Yeah, like yeah the he, whole, he made a couple jabs. <laughs> yeah, like the, like that match was excellent. Like them trying to one-up each other the entire match was really great. Uh, there was a selfie during the match. Velveteen Dream took his title, and Tyler Breeze's phone took a selfie with him during the match. <laughs> uh, he was beating him on the announce table. I thought that match was really, really good. Like... No, no, nobody was really the heel, but just themselves, like trying to see who's better and one up and one up each other. I thought it was great. And did I hear correctly that Breeze is just now full time NXT roster? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is, you Thank know God. what? Honestly, as it's good much, for him. It's a yeah. reboot, and then again, he's going to get more time than he did on on the main roster, if you call it that. Right, and he'll get to be like, like whatever it is he does best, he'll get to do that while he's there. He's looking yep. better with the fresh haircut. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully they do. They could find like a couple more people to do that with because he's not the only one that would benefit and from that. I mean, not even that match. That match was good. But, I mean, there's a lot of really solid matches. I thought, for me, the the ladder match for the tag titles was just superb. Awesome yeah, I thought it was good too. I thought it was good too, and I I, I kind of got choked up for uh, Street Profits because yeah. what Pat 
Pash, I know, I know you have a thing with Montez Ford because of his wife. Oh but... no, I, I have no ill will towards Montez Ford. <laughs> I think he okay. is very talented. I think that he seems like he is like a, a good human being, and I'm very happy to, to like see that they're both excelling. Yeah, I actually felt bad for him a couple months ago, and I was like, "Oh, she's blowing up," and he, that oh, really? I feel bad for him. And now he's a champion in NXT. I'm like, "Oh, cool! They're like both, they're both climbing the ladder." No pun intended. <laughs> yeah, because like his re- the reaction when he grabbed the titles, and then I start I was thinking about his tag partner Angelo Dawkins because I remember in the early parts of when we started the show, they were trying to like in NXT, they were trying really hard to get Angelo Dawkins over. Uh, his nickname was the curse of greatness. And, and it was he not was throwing, working. It, it, was, it was not. <laughs> he was stirring the pot and doing the LeBron stomp thing. It wasn't working. He still stirs the pot, but it works way more now. And then I remember we saw them on the NXT show a couple years ago in Philly at the tower. And we all loved Montez Ford and we were like, okay, we really, we really like the tag team. So we were kind of on board with street profits before they actually were a, a thing on NXT TV and I actually was real happy that they actually got the victory but the Kofi Kinsing led move to win it too yeah <laughs> yeah he like was it springboard he springboarded onto like the second to top rung on the ladder out of nowhere yeah I, I could never have an issue with that guy no matter what he does after the the red shoes night at the Tower <laughs> Theater in Upper Darby, Pennsylvania. So he, he will always have a special place in my heart, even if only for that. But no, I'm a, I like Montez Ford, and I'm, I'm happy that, like you said, Angelo Dawkins, I never thought that that guy would like be anything other than what he was yeah, three years either. ago. So to yeah. see both of them like reach that level, it, it's really cool to, to see that. And I won't spoil any for Alo, but the the match, uh, the title match was really good. Um, I don't think it was I don't think it was as good as the two out of three one, falls one, but that doesn't mean it's bad by any sense of the imagination. It was still really good. Yeah, yeah, I, I can't wait to see it. I I, fin- I just finished the women's title match today. It, a little too short for my taste, yeah. but Shayna Baszler. She's she's become one of my favorites, and Io Shirai had a great show. And I, I, love, I love the opening match too with Matt Riddle. The original yep. original bro was a really good match. It was blocked by William Goldberg on Twitter. Yes, following in my footsteps. <laughs> yes, literally, <laughs> literally in the, in the flop. Following in my slides. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so I guess it's probably time just to jump into this. We're all going to give each of our top ten tag teams of all time. We're going to go from ten to one. Go ahead, Alo. Uh, just a quick disclaimer: uh, we we um you you two are older than me, so perhaps not with us tonight. I think he was supposed to be, but. My list is going to be a little bit different from your guys since you guys are a bit older than me. So to all you wrestling purists slash nerds, I'm telling you right now, the Brain Busters, <laughs> the Freebirds are not on my list. So Not on mine either. <laughs> so I don't give a damn what you say. It's sub- wrestling subjective. When we're, we're all different ages, so we're going to have a different view of tag team wrestling. Yeah, I, so what I wanted to do, a couple things before we get started. One, I... And you guys know this. I talk about this a lot. I don't want us to sound like every other wrestling podcast. I don't even want us to sound like any other wrestling podcast. I want us to be very individual. That's why, like, I really lean into a lot of the goofy stuff that I lean into on this show. (laughs) Um, So I looked at this more as, like, my ten, like, favorites 
for like my own personal reasons, there is no one else in the world that will have a top ten that is exactly the same as mine. I will tell you that right now. Uh, there and there, I, I'm looking forward to this. And there are a couple that you guys know will be in there, like a couple ridiculous ones you know will be in there. But I have a couple that will also be a surprise. Well, you lean into the comical side of it too, so I'm I sure do. I'm sure to be a very entertaining list in, in that sense. I do, and sometimes it pays off. Like me being so amped up about our truth two and a half or three years ago, <laughs> when it probably sounded really stupid. Like, has kind of paid off now. And look where he is now. He's a 24-7 champ. He's a 24-7 champ, and everybody loves him. On again, off again, 24-7 champ. Yeah. Yeah, four times, right? Already Uh, four times. Three. Three. I think, is it three? No, No, it is four. You're right. Four, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he he, he lost at the golf course and went back under the ring. We'll get to that. Yeah, we will get to that. They showed the video of the under ring, which was interesting how they had a camera under there. (laughs) So good. Joseph, would you like to start with your number 10? Number 10, and this is kind of, again, just a personal fave just because what they, what they wear for me is the uh, Bushwhackers. Very good choice. I almost put them on mine. I was hoping you would put them on Yeah, I've been, I was working on the last couple, and, and I couldn't take them off the top 10 for me. <laughs> and that's more of a nostalgia move for me. They were just awesome. Again, they licked each other's heads, which was eh. licked and- other people's heads as well. So, I love that choice, even if only for, one, they were so different from everyone else, but even if only for their Royal Rumble, like, the walking oh, in yeah. and getting thrown directly <laughs> right back out, and then leaving. And then doing that, they did it out, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Alo, who is your number 10? Well, earlier in the week, Pash, I told you for one of my uh, picks, I cheated. So, I made this team up, it's called... The Big Red Machine and Company. Okay. <laughs> so so basically, Kane, Kane, Kane and everybody Kane else. <laughs> and all his partners. I cannot stress how, at this point, Kane has become tired, but Kane as a tag team wrestler is so underrated because every, he, every tag team partner he ever had, it worked. If you have... If you even go back to his work with X-Pac, X-Pac, him and X-Pac together, it was the perfect Beauty and the Beast story. X-Pac actually got emotions out of Kane. He actually got, he actually like worked with Kane, like how to get him to speak. And Kane was actually, the, X-Pac was the first person to actually, actually uh, help Kane show feelings and emotion. And that tag team there, his the tag team he had with his brother, The Undertaker, The Big Show, Hurricane, which, which was fantastic. <laughs> RVD, the, the the contrast and the styles. Even, and, and I guess we could all say his most famous was with Team Hell No with Daniel Bryan. Kane as a tag team competitor, I think I think it was always great and underrated. So the bigger machine and company is my number 10. If you had to narrow it down to one rendition of Kane and company, who would you say was your favorite? Oof. It's a toss-up. I'll pick Team Hell No just because of those segments, but in the second place, we can't an X Pac. <laughs> yeah, it seemed like you were at Canon X Pac high up there. Yeah. Canon X Pac would be my number one out of those because that was like the team of his that I was personally the most invested in, like at the time it was happening. Uh, what about you, Joseph? It would probably be uh, Team Hell No. Just because, I mean, that's more uh, prevalent in my memory. Uh, again, Kane and X-Pac was, was a lot of fun, too. Yeah, I mean, seeing Kane with the voice modulator saying, Suck it, 
will always be a classic moment for me. So, Alo, a good choice for you, too, to do it that way, because you're right. As much as I've been uh, hard on Kane on this podcast, I can never <laughs> take away from him the success he's had as a great tag team partner. He's had a lot of tag team partners, too. Yeah, yeah and like, like we just said, and they, they, all, work. All, be, they yeah, all work. They all work. They've all been good. Uh, so, my number 10 is very personal. <laughs> Dusty Rhodes and Sapphire. <laughs> <laughs> because, and I don't remember if Joey was on this show or this oh, throwback oh madness or not. I think he was. It was WrestleMania 6. When it, it led to the, maybe one of the top two or three hardest I've ever laughed on this <laughs> podcast. Us talking about Dusty and Sapphire against Macho Man and <laughs> Sensational Sherry. I, I will always hold that tag team dear to my heart for that reason because of what they brought to this particular podcast. And I know nobody else would ever think to bring them up. So my number 10 is Dusty Rhodes and Sapphire. What was the line <laughs> that, so, uh, that uh, um, Jesse said about Sapphire? I forgot. I can't remember either, but the thing that made me laugh so hard was Prep was talking about the way she was like moving around the ring in her fighting <laughs> stance. And he was like, that's exactly what I would be like if I was in there. I can see him doing that. <laughs> Absolutely so. killed me. Him versus Sapphire. Just ready that, to that made me laugh like that. The only thing that might have made me laugh like... For like a longer time than that was the first time you broke out the Fink, the lesbians. Because <laughs> that came out of nowhere. Um, and we could do this as like a, a snake draft, I guess. So I'll, I'll do my number 11. And then we could go 11? Back. I'm sorry. You know what? I, I don't know what happened. My number nine. Uh, so my number nine, this will surprise you guys a lot. But there is a reason for it. Enzo Amore and Big Cass oh, wow. are my number yeah. nine of all time. Reason being, when I first, like, so the WWE Network was what kind of got me to pay attention a little more. But that era of, like, 2014 into 2015 NXT was what made me, like, fall in love with it again. Obviously, the number one person in that was, like, Sasha Banks and the Four Horsewomen. But Enzo and Cass were, like, a huge part of, like, what I loved about NXT at that time. Like, I remember going to that first show they did here, and I was with Eck and Joe Laff, Godfather of the Matt Madness podcast, and neither one of them were really familiar with Enzo and Cass. I remember being so excited. Like, I have been watching this for a few months. I love this so much. And getting to see it live for the first time and, like, sitting in the seats waiting for the show to start. And the very first thing that happens is the Enzo and Cass music to hit. And it just, like, filled me with, like, a joy <laughs> to see their entrance, like, open the show. That despite all of the bad blood that they've accumulated since then, I had to put them at number nine because I, I have to appreciate... Like, the love I had for those guys for those couple of years. And, and speaking to that, I can't remember in my decade or two of 
watching wrestling, anyone who hit the heights they did, was as popular as they were, and just completely fell off as <laughs> right. hard as they did. Yeah. I don't think I've ever <laughs> seen that. And burned. <laughs> I don't think I, I can ever remember anyone having that kind of rise and crash. Yeah. And I even remember, like, when they first got to the main roster, like, we were worried about them when Enzo got hurt immediately. And then Cass was doing really well on his own for a couple weeks. And we're like, oh, what's this do to Enzo? Now, you know, obviously we know how it turned out. But I can't take away that, like, that run in NXT and those first few months they were on the main roster, how much fun they really were. Uh, And, like, I think all of us felt the same way at the time. For sure. Because I remember going to uh, TakeOver Brooklyn. I was upset that they, that they weren't on the main card. But this, but they ended up doing a TV taping before the show. And their, ovation, their NXT ovations, I think those rival, like, I might be kind of overhyping it. But I would say Stone Cold level. Because nobody nobody was sitting down when Angel and Cass would come out in those NXT days. Oh, yeah. They, they were great. So, Alo, who is your number nine? Well, my number nine, uh, Pash, I don't think that she'll have a, a big connection with these guys. Joey might. But number nine, I was going back and forth with all day if I wanted to keep him on and take him off. But my number nine is the Motor City Machine Guns, Chris Saban, Alex Shelley. In an era where tag team wrestling was kind of like phased out in WWE because WWE is the only thing. And, T- and TNA was on the rise a bit. The Motor City Machine Guns, Beer Money, and America's Most Wanted, which is basically which is James Storm with someone else, and then James Storm and Bobby Roode. Bobby. Those were the, mm. those were the <laughs> Robert. 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 <laughs> those were the, actually the only real teams that were going out in tag team, legit teams in tag team wrestling. And in a few years, they won tag team in a year in the PWI, three-time tag team champions, and a, a well-oiled machine. One of them had, I think, uh, I think it was Alex Shelley, who was forced to retire late last year. But the Motor City Machine Guns, that's my number nine tag team. Good choice. Yeah, I don't have like, yeah. a connection with them, but I, I think they're a good team. They were a really good team, and they were fun to watch. And like you said, it was um, some good tag team wrestling going on in TNA at that point. How long did you watch TNA for? Like, were you like along for like a long ride with them, or was it? I didn't watch it like religiously, but I would check it out because, like you said, they they kept um, they kept uh, scooping up names that uh, interest me. They had people like AJ Styles, Samoa Joe. Um, I did like Beer Money. They were they were fun. Again, they split and Bobby Roode won his own, and he was kind of um, a major heel. Guys like that always got me to kind of tune in just to see what they were doing. So you would kind of just like peek in. Yeah, it's 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 kind of like what you would do. Like we were WWE guys, but we check in on WCW right. time to time. It's kind of where it was with TNA. Makes sense, Joey. Who's your number nine? Oh, what a rush! <laughs> <laughs> he had that one queued up. Yes, he did. <laughs> Lod. It's just again, if you watched them, probably compared to today's wrestlers, you probably wouldn't feel as strong about this team. But they were larger than life as a tag team. Um, they just had a persona that was unique. And they just kind of got people involved. Yeah, they had that very unique, like, they had the, the like, face paint, obviously the shoulder pads with the spine. Like, they were, they were, like, the the definition of, like, an iconic tag team. Like, people that you know that are, like, 40 years old or 45 years old that haven't watched wrestling in 30 years. If you talk to them about, about wrestling, like Legion of Doom or the Road Warriors might be yeah. one of the handful of names That's kind that of just getting up. mixed in. Alo, do you have any feelings about LOD? Because I know you got to see them at the tail end. 
<laughs> yeah, and it was terrible. <laughs> so I don't really have. So I don't really have um, too much of a connection. But they're on my. They're on my list. Just not right at this spot. But they did make my list. But yeah, I don't have much of a connection because of when I started watching, they were doing that. Um, you weren't that a big LOD two thousand fan. No. With Sonny? They, they, they had a great return, but that was it. Yeah. Then they stung up the joint the next month on pay-per-view. But, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. when I started watching, they were on their way out. They were doing that drug storyline with Hawk. And that's not, that's all I really have. I don't have the I don't have the connection with it as you guys do because you guys were around for the WCW and NWA and WWF runs in the earlier stages. Yeah, I think they were uh... – like I said, a, a very iconic tag team that anyone who watched in the 80s and 90s, like, you you will remember them. Yeah. They're, like, among the handful of not even tag teams, like, overall people. Like, they're, like, probably in the top ten of, like, you remember them. If you yeah. remember anything I mean, at all. they'd be kind of in the vein of uh, Arthur, Arthur's of Pain, what they are, what Arthur's of Pain are these days. Just right. big guys who are kind of physical forces in the ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, very good choice. Who's your number eight, Joseph? I'm going back to me. I'm going to go with the Outsiders. Oh, okay. Um, now, for me, it wasn't like wow, the Outsiders, but it's it's kind of hard to deny what, what kind of impact they had in wrestling and, and in the tag team environment over their run, over their time in, in wrestling. Yeah, like their impact wasn't even just about tag team wrestling. Theirs was like the entire wrestling business. Yeah. Like, the whole industry of wrestling changed with the Outsiders. Uh, Ayla, what do you feel about the Outsiders? Um, they, were, they were okay. Uh, I think their singles careers were bigger than their tag team run, they're not, and they're not on my list. Um, yeah, I, I think, like, if those guys don't go down south, then the wrestling business is very different. Very different. Than the way it turned out. So I think they deserve to be mentioned, if only for that. Because a lot of these tag teams, we're talking about them solely for what they did in tag team wrestling. These guys had an impact much bigger than that. Yeah, that's kind of why I felt to tie them in would be only apropos. Yeah, agreed. Uh, My number eight. We got a his, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Alo, who's your number eight? Oh, my number eight. One second. I think Jock Prep's going to get in here. Okay. Cause he just cause he texted us and I know I got a, I got a pop up saying that he's trying to join or, or start a call or something like that. There he is. All right, let me you add want... him in. Nine ten ten nine and then. All right, now I have prep and not Aaron. Hold on one second. <laughs> oh wait a minute, I think I'm here. Aaron. All right, good. Prep, so we have. Prep, you look all professional back there. Oh, I missed the you guys. Back there. <laughs> can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you fine. Yeah, you sound good. All right. Can you um, hear me? Yes. So, welcome to the show, Prep. Alo, were you just about to give your eight, or did yeah. you give it already? Okay. I was just so, about to. so before you give your number eight, Prep, give us your number ten and your number nine. As far as tag teams, right? Yes, yes sir. So. For the simple fact that they're as good as they are, they still have so much more to do. My number 10 is the Young Bucks. Okay. And my number 9, for the same exact reason, and I really think that they're that good, is the Lucha Brothers. (laughs) 
Hey, they just fought. Yeah. They did. <laughs> uh, and prep very quickly. We'll each tell, just so you have some context, we'll each give you our 10 and 9. Uh, so, Joey, who was your 10 and 9 for, for prep sake? For me, um, I actually gave my last three. I was the Bushwhackers, Legion of Doom, and the Outsiders. Uh, Alo, you were 10 and 9? Yeah, um, the Big Red Machine and Company, so Kane and everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and I like number, that. And my number 9 was the Motor City Machine Guns. Ooh. <laughs> you must have read my mind. No, no, we, we were actually talking about that a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Chris Saban, one of the most underrated workers of all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Prep, my number ten was Dusty Rhodes and Sapphire. <laughs> <laughs> and your number nine is the Golden Truth. Oh no, no that's too high. That's too Enzo high. and Cass are my number nine. Okay. And I did give a reason. I don't feel like I need to go all the way back over it again. I figured that'd be surprising to you guys. Um, it is a surprise, but I I feel like I definitely understand why. Yeah, and when when you listen back, you'll you'll definitely know for sure why. Uh, so, Alo, who is your number eight? Now, my number eight. Now, last week you you used these three words in a negative fashion, so I'll use them in a positive light. <laughs> so, this is three weeks in a row, this is getting brought up on the show. <laughs> yes, it is. So, so we're gonna they're gonna lie, they're gonna cheat, they're gonna steal the way to number eight in my heart. Los Cadenos was my number eight. <laughs> now, my my connection to Eddie Guerrero. My first vision of him was with China and WWF when he first came because I got in WCW. He was on his way out. So I love the whole Mama Cita thing. That's my favorite rendition of Eddie Guerrero. After that, he kind of had that heel run, which, which didn't have always have a lot to it, but he made stuff work. But that Los Guerrero's team, when I t- early in the show, when we just do a bunch of throwbacks, I always talk about the the, the, the beginning of the SmackDown 6 when Los Guerreros, Edge and Rey Mysterio, and Kurt Angle, Chris Benoit, they'll go out there and kill it for a two-month basis and it all come in a Survivor Series 2002. The, the, late, the fun that Eddie Guerrero and Chavo had doing this tag team was so fun to watch. The low riders every week, the, the partying backstage, and I think this also shed a new light on Eddie Guerrero's career because I don't know without this tag team that he propels to be WWE champion because this tag team added so much to him. Now, and, at the, and, and when it comes to Chavo, Chavo can be seen as underrated because something Bruce Pritch- Conrad said to Bruce Pritchard and had me thinking was, if Chavo's last name wasn't Guerrero, how great would you see him as? Because a lot of times we see him just as a ripoff of Eddie because he does a lot of the same things. But Chavo is an excellent worker. So Los Guerreros, that's my number eight. Very good choice. And Prep, who do you have at number eight? So my number eight right now is a recent tag team that's still running roughshod all over Impact. <laughs> it's LAX. <laughs> I love Santana. They're just so much fun to watch in person as well. So, like, all the indie shows that I go to that they're there. Didn't you it's meet just, them? I, I did. Jen took a picture with them. That's what Jen, I thought. Okay. Jen's a big fan. <laughs> but so am I. I just think they're so good and they deserve to be on this list. Who does she like more, LAX or Bret Hart? <clears throat> I don't know. She popped huge for Bret Hart yesterday. <laughs> she did? Yeah. I was like, oh, we're going to meet Bret Hart this weekend. She's like, Bret Hart's going to be there? <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> Can't wait to meet him. <laughs> um, all right, my number eight. This gets back to my wrestling roots a little bit. My mid to late 80s WrestleMania three era. 
the British Bulldogs. And I put them on. They were my the first tag team that I was a fan of. I've always loved the English Bulldog, like, as a dog breed. I have always wanted one. And I loved when Matilda would be out there ringside. Dynamite Kid, obviously, like, ahead of his time as a wrestler. Davy Boy Smith, I think, is, like, pretty underrated. I was a big Davy Boy Smith fan. Yeah, like, he had a, a good career afterwards, like, later on. Um... I just think they were a really fun tag team. They were very much like a, a big part of that era of wrestling. Had a legendary feud with the Hart Foundation. And I felt like this list would have been incomplete had I not put them on there. So that is my number eight. And I will go to my number seven now and we'll snake back around. Number seven, you've all been waiting for it, the golden truth. <laughs> 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 That's low for them. I thought it would have been higher. It, it is. So I was going to put them uh, – I was. I had them number one for a little bit. And I was like, you know what? I'm really taking a lot of liberties with this list. So I'm going to try to go like the top of the list. I'm going to try to go a little bit more like on the, on the serious side. Uh, so the golden truth for me, they were a lot of fun while they lasted – uh, we got to meet them at Access, and that was pretty pretty fun to do. I got to tell Ron Killings that he's been the most underrated guy for the last 20 years. Um, and they will forever live on like with the utmost joy for me because of that Pokemon Go segment they did <laughs> on Raw one night. <laughs> so for me, I have the golden truth. Um, Prep, who do you have at number seven? My number seven, I'm going to go straight to WCW and Harlem Heat. Excellent choice. Yeah, Harlem Heat, you know, they were inducted in the Hall of Fame this year, which was kind of out of nowhere, but they were always such a big tag team for me. Like, I, I really liked Harlem Heat when I was a kid. I thought the Harlem Hangover was one of the coolest finishers, and Booker, Booker T was a star from, from the rip. Oh yeah, they're they're an excellent tag team, and even like they they were big when I was like still pretty young, and I did not like WCW, but when I would be flipping channels and see that it was on like TBS or whatever back in the day, I would I would leave it on if if Harlem Heat was in the ring because they were they just were so different from any other tag team I saw in WWF at the time, so I think they're an excellent addition to the list. Uh, Alo, your number seven. Yeah, my number seven. I'm going with the New Age Outlaws. It's not my, not much to say, but promo work unquestioned. A, a part of the biggest era in wrestling, the Attitude Era. In part, in my in the, my opinion, the best label in wrestling history, D Generation X. The, the ring work. Eh. Eh. <laughs> but you kind of look past that. You can, but like. Going back to listen to Bruce Pritchard show, you I learned a lot about the New Age Outlaws. For example, we all, I, I I see why Pash says Billy Gunn's overrated <laughs> because Bruce also Bruce always says that. Well, actually, Conrad always brings up Jr. Always saying Billy Gunn the great, the best athlete in the rest in WWF, and Jr. Always says and King always says what, who said that? <laughs> but, but Billy was always battling asthma, so that's why. 
his singles run never got too much, and he, he doesn't really have any standout matches. Like, I can't, honestly can't name Billy Gunn's best singles match. And in their tag team matches, it works fine because you can go you can tag in and out. But promo work, unquestioned. Entertainment factor, also unquestioned. So New Witch Outlaws are one number seven. And again, similar to what I said about Joey's Legion of Doom pick, like guys who were watching in 1998 or 1999 who stopped watching in like 2001, they still remember the New Age Outlaws. They still remember, oh, you didn't know? Like that has lived on. The doggy doggy style pump handles. <laughs> yeah, like that has lived on. Where did he hump his opponent? Yeah, they've, that's lived on forever. So I think that they're a good inclusion on the list. Uh, Joseph, you're number seven. Now, I tried to, or I should say I tried to, I just didn't want to kind of tie in current tag teams. Like Young Bucks, obviously, are very deserving. I still think they're carving their 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 name in the mountain and things like that. Um, but for this tag team, I kind of made an exception because I think what they've done and the run that they've had, I, I kind of thought they, they earned it. And that's uh, the Usos for seven for me. Um just as long as they've been doing it, as much as they've done, they've always been an excellent tag team. Whether they had the titles or not, they're always relevant. Yeah. And that's hard to do in, in WWE, as we've seen. Agreed. <laughs> it is not easy to stay relevant. Not only that, stay relevant in WWE, but stay relevant as a tag team in WWE is nearly impossible. Right. And their careers seemed dead not too long ago to me. Um, and they revitalized it by just switching gimmicks up. Right. Uh, so before we get your number six, Joseph, uh, I guess we'll bring up the 24-7 championship and our truth uh, Mr. 24-7, the most entertaining man in sports entertainment. <laughs> first, you know, last week he became the first multi-time 24-7 champion. Then, over the weekend, he became the first three-time 24-7 champion, getting pinned by Jinder on the golf course and winning it right back. And then him get... So a couple things here. Uh, first, Jinder wearing his gear on the golf course was fantastic. I could not have loved that anymore. That Jinder comes out of nowhere in his trunks... Wrestling gear with a, on the golf a ref course. and no one saw him. Yeah, I, I think it was they didn't tremendous. Notice. And then Truth... Getting dragged on the back of the golf cart as Carmella sped off, I thought was was excellent. And one of the things we talked about when they introduced this, I said, I, it was my big thing was like, I hope that they actually put time into this and invest a little bit of money in it and give us some things that aren't just happening during Raw. Like, give us some stuff that's happening. It's supposed to be twenty four seven. Give us some stuff that seems twenty four seven. They gave us that, and then he lost it in a lumberjack match on SmackDown and won it back underneath the ring, which, again, tremendous. And I'm, I'm getting to the point now where I need to see R-Truth jump the barricade and run through the crowd <laughs> on every show that every they occasion. do. Like, I will never get tired of it. No, uh, how- with how, Carmelo on his yeah. <laughs> How great was Drake Maverick jumping and missing some people? <laughs> oh, it was awesome. And before he, again, got pinned and then slid on the ring and got it back, everyone charged in after the, the title because R-Truth lost it to Elias. But somehow Elias came out of the ring and everyone was still fighting in the middle. Right. <laughs> I thought that was just very entertaining for some odd reason. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I love the, the free-for-all mentality of it. 
and just the image of, of with Truth's music playing, the image of him leaping the barricade and running out of the arena, I, I love it every time. The thing I got to wonder about this, too, though, is was the 24-7 title developed to have R-Truth fo- featured, or is that just the way it happened? I think it's just the way. So I, what I think uh, happened was, I, I don't know if anybody else saw this, and it probably was from an irreputable source, so it may not even matter. Someone said that it was like pushed on them by the USA Network, which I don't know if the USA Network even does that. Uh, so I don't know. But if they did introduce this title with him in mind, it, it was brilliant, whoever's idea. Because really, this thing would not have worked any other way. No. Is there anyone else, any of you could see, holding this thing for the first nope. three or four weeks? Ellsworth, maybe? That we would be... Right. Ellsworth? <laughs> right. Like, is there... Prep, is there anyone you could think of that you'd still be entertained watching them carry this thing around and run around with it? Not a chance. This was the perfect way to do it. And do you think it was... This was done with him in mind, or they just kind of lucked into him taking the ball and taking the belt and running with it, quite literally? I feel like there's no one in that company that can do it like he's doing it right now. Like the the Instagram stuff is great and everything they're doing on the show is good. Any of the social media stuff they're doing is excellent. Like this is probably my favorite feature of WWE product right now. And when they introduced it, first when they said there was going to be a new belt introduced, I was like groaning and rolling my eyes. And then when I saw what it was, I was like, oh, so you're going to give go. us a watered-down hardcore title. Yeah, an ECW hardcore title. And my God, did they do so much better of a job with it than I ever could have anticipated. I cannot give them enough credit. Whether it was planned planned this way all along, whether it was lucky, I don't know. But it makes me happy that it has worked out the way it has. Uh, how long before Carmella takes it from him? I don't know. I don't think they're going to do I just, it. I just feel like she has to. She has to, but I don't think they'll do it. Prep, do you think we see Carmella with the 24-7 championship? Before SummerSlam. And who gets to 10 title reigns first, R-Truth or Charlotte? <laughs> R-Truth. R-Truth. Please R-Truth. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he might hit 10 by, by the end of SmackDown next week. He'll attend relatively <laughs> quick. Especially, here's the other thing I'm really happy and excited about. The, the response to that segment they put on social media over the weekend on the golf course like got such an unbelievably positive reaction that I feel like there's no way they can't possibly like keep like keep going with it. Oh, yeah, they're going to run with it now. Yeah, I think it got think like 5 million views. Did it really? Yeah, it was up there. Well, they, they earned all 5 million. Um, all right, so Joseph, you're number six. Uh, number six, me and Alo kind of waxed about this a little bit. He went with the uh, Motor City Machine Guns. Um, and, again, we talked about I tuned in TNA. For me, I went with the uh, Beer Money. Um, this is I had more hope for Robert coming into WWE because <laughs> I watched a lot of him in TNA. He hasn't done much. Uh, James Storm was fun, maybe because I'm Irish, but I, I like the fact that they, drink a lo- they drank a lot of beer. And I can kind of relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> They were speaking your language. They were speaking so. my language specifically. And Robert Roode is a former Mr. 24-7 champion. That he is. <laughs> Brief run. This one's for you, Joey. <laughs> uh, Alo and Prep, either of you have any thoughts on beer money? 
the better days of Robert Roode. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That whole Bob, uh, that whole Bobby Roode, especially Bobby Roode before he got the bear money with that whole Money Inc. thing that he would do. Or was it Money Inc., guys? Or was it yeah. called something else? I think it was Money Inc. It was, some, it was something along those lines. But, yeah, Bob, great work by Bobby, by Bobby Roode. And then that whole beer money team, they're constantly tag team wrestling with them in the Motor City Machine Guns in that era. Uh, Alo, who do you have number six? Oh, okay. number- Also, as much as Glorious is, like, such a big theme song for him, that Long Necks and Red Necks was so good. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Alo, you're number yeah. six. Well, the truth, um, golf course is at 5.2 million views. Wow, good for them. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so my number six, Joey spoke about them a little earlier. It's the Road Warriors slash Legion of Doom. Now, we, we talked about it now, talked about it a bit earlier. My my viewing of the Legion of Doom was when Hawk was on was all whacked out and he played the storyline on television but you still got to respect the work they did in WCW, NWA, WWF even in Japan holding on the tag team titles weren't the best workers but they weren't booked to be that way especially in that era they were just that team that would kind of that would just beat your ass on, on a week on a week on a night not on a night out and night in basis so my number six is the Royal Warriors uh excellent choice good to hear them on the list again uh my number six or wait a minute. Prep, are you next? You didn't give your number six. I didn't give my number six Okay. Yet, so who do you have number six? All right. So for the simple fact that this was one of my favorite, like, in-person wrestling, in-person wrestling moments of all time, the Briscoe Brothers. <laughs> like, as synonymous as they are with ROH, when they showed up, to HOH that one time it was one of the best moments in wrestling that I've been like live for I haven't seen it since I never want to see it since because I feel like it'll ruin it for me but the Briscoes are legends when it comes to like indie wrestling and they're still going to this day racism aside the Briscoes (laughs) are my number six racism aside (laughs) Uh, my number six, I went with another one from my childhood. Uh, I went with the Hart Foundation. Um, the Hart Foundation was obviously Jim the Anvil Neidhart and Brent the Hitman Hart back in the 80s. As I mentioned, they had an unbelievable feud with the British Bulldogs through the a lot of like 1985, 86, and 87. And then the Hart Foundation came back as like a faction many years later. But the Hart Foundation spawned... Brett the Hitman Hart. Uh, they had like the the iconic pink and black, Brett with the shades, the anvil with his goatee. Like oh, they yeah. were another team that I think is like so iconic. Definitely iconic with tag team wrestling and growing up. <laughs> yeah, in, like in you definitely areas. associate them as a big part of their era, and they had such a unique, distinct look. Brett with you know they had the leather jacket. I uh, I wasn't like the biggest fan of the Hart Foundation, but to me, like they definitely deserve a place mm. among the greatest tag teams of all time. Uh, Hart Foundation, I cannot wait to see where High Energy is on your list. <laughs> high Energy. Yeah. So I'll go number five since we're gonna snake back. Well, High Pash- Energy. Nash, I don't mean to do that, but my number five is the Hart Foundation too. Okay, <laughs> so I might as well take my go now. Like you said, 
great tag team. Probably maybe the, one of the coolest looking tag teams out there with Brent and Leather Jacket and the Shades and the Anvil. Perfect, the perfect styles. Like I, recently, I've I, I went back and watched a lot of Heart Foundation matches for some throwback that didn't happen, but. I enjoy watching the heart, the heart foundation go at it. Like I said, the contrast and styles, the small, big guy dynamic worked perfectly. Heart foundation, great tag team. Wish I was around more for their run. Yeah, they had like the the power, the power guy, and the the, the technical guy. You were right, like a good a good pairing of. You weren't of slammer age yet, so you couldn't really get into it. Right. No. <laughs> uh, my number five. Again, you guys might think I'm putting them lower than expected, but I have two cool. Two cool. Uh, one of my absolute favorite tag teams of all time. Every week on Raw, I would get excited when that music would hit. I love to watch them dance. I love the worm. Those guys, to me, I, I, I think I had them number one or two on my most underrated list when we did this last year. Some of the most underrated guys, I thought they were super entertaining, and they were like a big part of like the fun of the Attitude Era for me. Prep, it looked like you might have wanted to say something. I just can't believe that they're all the way up there. <laughs> yeah, in all seriousness, too cool. Like one of the most underrated tag teams of all time. Some of the greatest entrance music of all time as well. Mm-hmm. And the most devastating move of all time. I don't know how you could survive a worm. <laughs> like, literally. It, all that paralyzing. That stupid little chop. Like, it, it's so, so much, like, in the wheelhouse of, like, what I actually love about wrestling. Let me give you one of the worm. <laughs> chop the I'll, shit out of you. <laughs> I'll take it. Next time we see each other, you, you can hit me with a worm. That almost sounded like a sexual pass. Yeah. <laughs> And one of my favorite throwback moments was, I don't remember what show it was, I have no clue, but we they were one of the matches on there, and how angry I had to be on the show that the worm didn't get didn't get done. Like, oh, he, I remember. He geared all the way up for it, and he got <laughs> taken out before he did it, and I was so mad about it. Uh, but Too Cool is up there for me, I think deservedly so. They were another team I did have higher uh, earlier in the week. Uh, but I, I thought five was a good place for them. Alo, you gave your number five. Yeah. Uh, Prep, who's your number five? So my number five is the Outsiders. Just such a cool team for when I was a young kid, as well. Like I loved. We always talk. I always bring it up. I love WCW, the Outsiders, Razor. Well, Scott Hall at the time, Kevin Nash. Everything I wanted to be when I was like seven years old. <laughs> you wanted to lose machismo? Oh, I wanted to have the hairy chest and the long hair. <laughs> the long, dreams, I was so short. I was the long, short wet chubby. curls. <laughs> uh, yeah, and again, like we talked about this when, when Joey mentioned them earlier. Like, they had an impact on the world of wrestling, not just tag team wrestling. And there aren't many tag teams that were, like, that big of a deal, like, at any point in their run. No matter how great they were, like, they were almost bigger than the business at, at a certain point. So I think very, very worthy of being on two lists so far. Um, Joseph? Well, I don't have to say too much about this next team because we kind of already covered them. But for me, um, my five is the uh, New Age Outlaws. Again, just for what they brought to 
that era of wrestling. Again, one of the probably biggest factions at that time, and they were the biggest tag team of that era. They deserve to be on the list, in, in, my, in my, my opinion. Yeah, and not to mention, we didn't mention this earlier, like, kind of a big deal that when Shawn Michaels left, and it's like, what is DX going to be now? Like, they were the thing that kind of partially replaced him, and DX kind of became more popular than they were before. Yep. So they, like, and they deserve a lot of the credit for that. Um, so while I'm not the biggest fan of them, I definitely can accept and respect their place in, in wrestling history. And who do you have number four? The next one is probably kind of showing my age a little bit, but uh, <laughs> he might have a little respect for it considering he's uh, he's a member of the Mount Rush your Mount Rushmore. But um, for me, it was just personified tag team wrestling. It it kind of had one of the biggest breakups that I can remember in history as far as tag team members. But that for me, it's the Rockers. Mm-hmm. Very good choice, Marty Jannetty and Shawn Michaels. Like, and they were like a very different. Tag team style for the, for that time, yeah, they were ahead of the they were ahead of the curve. Like I think to to Alo's point about the Heart Foundation, you had like the big strong guy, and then you had like the the more technical yeah wrestler. technical. And it kind of has always been like New Age Outlaw, same thing. You have the the big monster and Billy Gunn, and then the smaller guy in Jesse James. I mentioned uh, I'm sorry, Brian Gerard James. <laughs> there you go. Um, number one fan of the show. I mentioned Enzo and Cass. Like, you have the small guy and the big guy. They were both small guys. And they've even talked about, like, how hard it was for them to even have matches because guys didn't want to sell for them at all. Uh, So, yeah, I wasn't huge on them at the time. Um, But, like, in hindsight, I definitely think they were, like, obviously they were successful and they were really popular and they're really good. Any thoughts from Prepper Alo on the Rockers? Besides the angle through the barbershop window, I really like the Rockers Hasbros. That's, <laughs> that's all I got. The extent. Well, and Marty Janetti, big fan of us. Oh, he yeah. loves us. <laughs> Him at 6'5", doing cocaine in the bathroom. <laughs> oh, jeez. He was talking to me once in the bathroom, hammered, like full out exposed. I'm like, dude, just finish what you're doing and we'll talk. Yeah, settle down. I, w- I wonder if 6'5 still has his number. I'm sure he does. Well, 6'5 has lost all five of his last phones. <laughs> I wonder if Marty Jannetty still has his number. <laughs> like, I, I'd be surprised if Marty Jannetty still has the same phone number, to be honest. Uh, Prep, your number four. This might come as a surprise. I'm going extremely recent. I just feel like you cannot ignore them. It's the new day. Uh their success, you know, as as rough as a start as they had, they just become such an important, like, tag team this day and age that, like I said, it's hard to ignore, especially now with Kofi being WWE champion and knowing the movement that led them there, like, the, the determination they had that no matter what we do, we have to get Kofi a world title. I know we're talking about tag teams. But as a tag team, that was their, like, number one goal. I had to put the New Day up there. Very good choice. Um, I'll be surprised if we don't hear the New Day mentioned again. 
The New Day deserve it. Again, I didn't put them on because I try to stay from m- more relevant tag teams again. But yeah, and you went with the Usos I would never, because they have such a long. I would never argue. I would never argue against the New Day. Yeah, prep. I'm glad you put them in there because everything you said was going to be my reason for putting them there, but they didn't make my list. Now, it was my turn for number four. It is your turn way. for number four. Yeah. So the New Day and num- my number four pick, mind you, my number four has changed from four through ten. Today. <laughs> and I wanted to find a way to put the new day in there, but my number four, this might surprise you guys. My number four is the Young Bucks. Now, me and Pash are on the same page. Like, we like the Young Bucks, they're good, but we're not as high on them as everybody else because of the whole storytelling aspect. But I have to give it to them for making the buzz that they've had in, in the last five five to six years without being on weekly television. You know, you they are on weekly television, but you, they're on different markets and different times and stuff like that. Just the buzz of the internet that these guys have created and have are changing the, the world of wrestling, betting on themselves, and the matches they put on. My favorite Young Bucks match, personally, is the the, um, the latter match against the Hardys at Super Con of Honor a few years ago for the tag team, for ROH tag team titles. Just such humble guys, great athletes, and they are changing the world of wrestling, and that alone had to, I had to put them on this list. Yeah, any other thoughts on the new bucks? Did you or the young bucks? The new bucks. <laughs> the new bucks? <laughs> yeah, they're a nice suede shoe with the tan. Eck is Eck might be wearing some new bucks right now. Uh, did you have any thoughts on the young bucks though? Young, young bucks are awesome. I mean, there's no way around it. Um, the reason they ha- are on my list is because again, I think they're still carving. I mean, they're definitely belong on the list, but I think they're still making their name um, huge. I mean, again, they're probably one of the most popular tag teams there is out there. There's no denying that. Um, I'm just excited to see what they do now that they have this platform that they do. Yeah. Um, they'll get more notoriety. They'll get more um, more of that that you're looking for. And Prep, I know you brought them up already, but do you have anything else to add on the new, on the Young Bucks? I almost said it again. They will be up there one day, but there's so much for them to do, especially yeah. now. The sky's this. I mean, the ceiling. There's no ceiling on these guys right now. Yeah, like I know you guys know that infamous Dudley Boys picture when they hold all their tag team belts. That'll be the Young Bucks when it's all said and done. Maybe even in a couple years. Yeah. Uh, so my number four is the Usos, and reason being, like the reason why I put that, I didn't have them this high when I started. But the reason why I moved them up over such teams as the Golden Truth and Two Cool is because, like, I remember when I was first starting to get into WWE again around WrestleMania 30, and they were portrayed as like the the kid friendly, fan favorite type team with the colorful paint yeah. and everything, and you could tell that like the fans were not into them at that point. And over the course of like a year or two after that. Nobody really liked them. Everybody was tired of them. Nobody really wanted to see them. And they're good, but, like, nobody cared. And then they had that gimmick change, and they've been, like, one of the most consistently entertaining, like, high-quality acts that WWE has put out there on a regular basis. And for them, especially in this day and age in WWE, where you could go from where people stop caring about you and write you off, and you can come back the way that they have. I think they deserve all the credit in the world for reaching the heights they have. And my God, like how many pay-per-views have we watched in the last two years where we're talking about the Usos in the mix for Match of the Night? 
Plenty. So, like, I think they definitely have earned that spot. Prep, thoughts on the Usos? I love the Usos. For real, this list for me was it's either the Usos or the New Day, if I had to acknowledge <laughs> one. Um, but, yeah, the Usos continue to just be fantastic. And I see, honestly, like, we're not looking too forward to many things, but I am looking forward to what the Usos do end up doing the rest of this year because I feel like WWE might have some ideas. Yeah, and when they even something as simple as like when they first said, uh, when you feel something creeping up behind you, like you, you feel the, the hairs on the back of your neck stand up. It isn't paranoia, it's the Usos. Like I know they WWE and Vince made them butcher it by doing the Usos thing. But like the first time I heard that line, I was like, oh my god, that is so good. It's not paranoia, it's the Usos. That's amazing. And the and delivery. The whole, Awesome. And then the, the Uso Penitentiary, like, that's become, like, such a big thing. Day one-ish became such a big thing. And to go from, like, that tag team that nobody really cares about to now everyone respects the hell out of them so much. Yeah, you had the gimmick. You had the stuff that they that kind of captivates you on that end. But And in the other end of it, you've never seen a bad Usos match. Even when you're they're against tag teams, which probably aren't the strongest wrestlers, they're always entertaining matches. Yeah, they, they have, like, a good mix of, like, styles. Uh, Alo and Prep, any other thoughts on the Usos? No, they, they didn't make my list, but it was rough because I tried to give teams that, that, that are all said and done on my list, but I can't argue with the pick of the Usos. So before everyone gives their top three, the other thing I had on my list to talk about from Weekly Product is Bray Wyatt, and I really just every week – come out of these things like just very happy with what I just saw. And this week was even more so because it kind of kind of portrayed where Bray was with the company. They portrayed Vince as the devil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it made it more entertaining and kind of showed you where kind of Bray was at when he was out of shape. Yeah, like he talked about, he referenced Husky Harris. You got the reference to Vince. Uh, he, he was telling, what is it, Huskis? Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> was telling him like, like, basically, people are laughing at you now, but one day people will tell you you're a genius. One day people will tell you you have the whole world in your hands. And it's like the whole idea of him having this split personality is like this is him talking to himself. Like, this is what you're going to become. And now he's even evolved from that. Yeah. So there's that. The reference to Vince I thought was great. Uh, I love, like, the little subtle things they put in there, like... During the, the Muscle Man dance song, he has the, the part where he says, whatever it is, like, erase your mind. And we've talked about, like, yeah, what's, the deal? Of, yeah, what's, what's the deal? Yeah, what's the deal with these there. kids with the blank looks and all that? I really, really have enjoyed the way that they have, like, built upon this every week. Uh, and I thought this one was especially good. I mean, the outfit went great. The, <laughs> the tank top with, like, the Zubaz pants and the, the, the fanny pack. Prep, what do you think about Bray Wyatt and the Firefly Funhouse? So I did not watch Raw or SmackDown this week. There's two things that I seeked out, and it's the two things thus far that we've brought up with the weekly product. It's the the 24-7 championship and the Firefly Funhouse. This this one, you know, is kind of trippy. Like, for me, it was, it was just a lot of, like, I don't know. I feel like he has so many subliminals that we're missing. Oh, yeah. But, um... My one takeaway, I want that shirt. 
Then why, Jim? I need that. Yeah. You don't even have to cut the sleeves off of it. Man, look, if it comes with sleeves, I'm cutting them off. <laughs> I hope it doesn't come. I don't like how he cuts his shirts. I'm very particular about how I cut my T-shirts. I don't like how he cuts them. He has way bigger traps than me. So, like, it'll take me some time to get like that. I'm kind of interested to see what the in-ring product is at this point, too, though. What's his persona in the ring? I, I want to see that. I know we'll get that. we'll get to that point eventually. Right now, I'm just going to enjoy the Firefly Funhouse. Yeah. yeah, I wonder how long they're going to hold him off, too, because it's working, and I'm scared. The only thing that I don't look forward to with the A-Ring product is that they stop doing the Firefly Funhouse. You mean, like, once he's wrestling, they won't continue doing that? Exactly. Like, that's your fear. I hadn't even thought of that. Like, my fear was he's going to start wrestling, and they're going to take away all the steam from him. I did, that didn't even cross my mind that they might stop doing those. I really hope they don't. Um, another thing that kind of crossed my mind this week, we found out, I think, two weeks ago that he calls the, uh, whatever his masked persona is, the Fiend. And he refers to everyone as his friends on Firefly Funhouse. And I wonder if there's, like, some tie-in between friend and Fiend. Like, if there's, I don't know what it's going to be. I have no idea what they're going to actually tie into this. Um, and I, I'm wondering if... This is, if this is truly going to be portrayed as, like, he has multiple personalities? Or is this maybe even going to go further back where this is, like, they're going to tell a story about something that traumatized him in his childhood that has made him this way? Uh, I don't know. But, I like, it's one of the only things that I'm, like, I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes. Alo, do you have any thoughts on this week's firefly funhouse yeah like, like prep said there are some subliminal messages here and i did enjoy that him speaking to huskus was basically him speaking to himself and the whole vince devil thing i thought that was funny basically telling him about himself and I, I i meant to go back and listen to the song to see if there was any subliminal message but i do i do know there was one point in the in the video music video that the video cut out to, to the was it the fiend that they the showed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was, there was there was a moment in that music video where that happened. So there's more to it, and the little subliminal part that I had, I caught from that was that they're listening to him, and it's like you're it's like it's like it's like those um, videos like videos that you're watching that brainwashed or whatever, and you'll see the um, you'll get brainwashed by it. So the, I I took that from that. Maybe like you keep listening, and then that one thing will get you, and then. The video keeps going. Yeah, and la- last thing on this, Ayla, we we mentioned I mentioned this to you earlier. The whole thing with Mick Foley saying like WWE wants to make the third hour of Raw like edgier and like rougher and tougher. And like one of the things I wonder, we've talked before about the whole idea of Bray like stealing the kids from John Cena a few years ago, but they obviously could only go so far with it. Do you think maybe Bray Wyatt becomes the thing that is like the feature of the third hour of Raw? And do you think this is maybe them saying we could take the really timid thing we did a few years ago and really take it a lot further than we did? Stretch it. That's too much work. (laughs) Again, I'm putting too much thought into it. (laughs) Yes. Too much intelligence. Yeah. You got to dumb it down. But either way, what they're doing so far is really good. I'm really happy about it. I'm excited about it. I look forward to it every week. And, like, every week, I'm like, I can't wait, like, to get just, like, a little more of it. Bray's looking fit. 
He had the most fit he's ever looked. He's he's still husky, but he's not. He's, yeah. He looks big. Yeah. Boy, want to be me so bad. <laughs> I can see the reference to that. I can. Yeah. Um, all right. I will give my number three. And my number three is the Hardy Boys. Uh, I have been on record as, like, all of those Attitude Era tag teams, like, I'm not going to mention anyone, but, like, they were the lowest on my list out of those guys. I was never the biggest fan of them. But they had so many unbelievable matches. They were a part of so many, like, lasting memories of that era of wrestling. I really think, in a lot of ways, Matt Hardy was probably a much bigger influence on today's wrestlers than we would have thought 20 years ago that he would be. And then, of course, like everything they did in the last few years with the whole broken gimmick and all that, uh, I just think there are not many tag teams that have mattered more in the era they were in and for a long period of time than, than the Hardy Boys. So my number three is the Hardy Boys. You guys feel free, obviously, to chime in. Or if you want to wait because you have them on your list higher than I did, you could also choose to do that. Yeah, I got them a tad bit higher than you, Pat. <laughs> Same. Yeah, my number three, another indie team, two of the greatest wrestlers in, like, wrestling the Golden Lovers, Kenny Omega, <laughs> one of your favorite wrestlers of all time, Big Kenny Omega, <laughs> and uh, Kota Ibushi. They're just unbelievable. The stuff that they do is crazy. Their DDT stuff was a lot of fun. Their recent New Japan run was a lot of fun as well. And I have a feeling that we're going to see them in a few years, and they're going to continue to be one of the greatest tag teams. Yeah, well, big. I'm never going to argue against Big Match Ken. <laughs> I'll argue against it, but I have nothing to say. <laughs> uh, <Character> Mark. Halo, <laughs> who is your number three? It, my number three, I'm going with Edge and Christian. Now, Edge and Christian, they are making a very strong case to be my favorite tag team of all time. Grant, they were only together for three years, and their and their successful run was only for a year, almost a count, almost a complete calendar year, going from WrestleMania 2000 to WrestleMania 17. During my cardio sessions, I've been watching old SmackDowns <laughs> in, in order, all like Raw SmackDown in order, and everything they did on a weekly basis always hit, and there was there was such the perfect heels, and I always talk about how. The Hardys were my first team that actually like really got behind and actually got sympathy for for the way Edge and Christian always stole matches and embarrassed them. And Edge and Christian, they still like really get under my skin. And both of their singles <laughs> careers, both of their singles careers actually took off Edge, edges more than Christian. But those two were always destined for greatness. And Edge and Christian, Edge and Christian, they're my number three tag team. Any thoughts on Edge and Christian, Joseph? Um, I mean, they were they were very entertaining tag team. Again, I, I do have them on my list. Um, to come to be named later. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they were they were awesome. I mean, they had their they had their pose for photo opportunities. Again, they started from if you remember, they started from the Brood uh, where they were tagged as the the Vampire Brood. Um, 
and kind of came out of that and made made a more successful career from from that gimmick. Yeah, yeah. So uh, they were always entertaining. They were they were standouts. And I mean, Edge, we see what he did in his singles career. Christian, not as successful in his singles career, but together they were awesome. Did excellent work as the conquistadors at one time. <laughs> so what, that was them. <laughs> yeah. Believe it or not, yeah. What? <laughs> I, uh, how old uh, a nine-year-old Adel did not believe that. But, um, <laughs> that, that that's actually one of my favorite lines. When I told Pash that, Pash goes, I love that. <laughs> but going I back. I remember that. But going back to Joey talking about the the, um, the five-second pose, the fact that they would do it over events that happened in the city that they were in <laughs> was was so great. It, it, like, even if it was just like an outfit or whatever. I know um, I know one, one specifically, they were in Boston, and I think – it was a baseball game. Might have been the World Series. I'm, I'm almost positive. I know it was a baseball game for sure. That somebody missed the ball going and went oh, under yeah, their Bill legs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Edge and Christian they performed that in Boston one time at a pay per view. But those poses they were always so great and also got great heel heat. And all of their promos they still hit if you were around at mm-hmm. that time. Yeah, Bill Buckner, R.I.P. I believe passed away last week. Um, Prep, any thoughts on Edge and Christian? I loved Edge and Christian as a tag team. I didn't put him on my list because I was trying to keep like one of like that top three mix that everybody kind of knows. But if you look back at their career, they were kind of in that beginning. They were the most pushed tag teams of the three at the time. And it was well worth it for me. Their single careers kind of just hit more for me. Uh, Edge just being such a big part of like my teenage years. So. Yeah, fair enough. Joseph, who do you have number three? Well, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty, and you can have, again, my top three in any order, and you wouldn't be wrong. Um, these two tag teams, I think, are indelibly tied together for me, um, and that's the Hardy Boys and the Dudleys, since you know I'm snake order and I'm just throwing them out there. That's right, my that's three your and three two. and two? Yeah, three and two. The Hardy Boys and the Dudley Boys. Um, just longevity of careers. I mean, they're still both pretty much wrestling. Dudley Boys, not as much. Hardy Boys are still around um together they had some of the great great matches i mean that you've ever seen as far as tag teams are out there um some really tough matches too with with the gimmicks that they put out there um just fun tag teams to watch yeah agreed so i didn't have edge and christian or the dudleys on my list because i needed to make room for some of my specialty (laughs) and i knew everybody else was likely to have them on their list um but yeah, I, I mean, obviously, Edge and Christian, incredible, and the Dudleys. I, I don't even know what I could really say about them. The, the longevity they've had, the a lot of the stuff that they did back in ECW and in the Attitude Era in WWE. Uh, they 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 had the did they at one point have the record for the most tag team title reigns? In WWE, still? in WWE, yeah, nine. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, they're legends. And, again, all three of those teams, the Hardys, Edge and Christian, and the Dudleys, like part of some of the most like fondly remembered tag team matches of all time. Uh, any thoughts on the Dudleys from, from you guys? I, got, I like them a little bit more. <laughs> yeah? Okay. Prep, anything from you? I like them a little bit less. <laughs> uh, bully, bully clearly forgetting what heat is. 
a little DX to the so, Dudleys. So recent developments have plummeted them down your rankings. Oh my god. And you know what? I, you'd think I'd like them more since, you know, Donovan paid Bully to curse at him. <laughs> but, Bully, man, come on. You're supposed to be this old school guy, like, yeah, I know that, I know this. Like, your girl's getting heat, and you're pulling guys backstage to tell them no. Hmm, yeah, kind of weak. Uh, Prep, who was your number two? My number two is the Hardys. So, I grew up like like every other tag team like when the hardys came out i wanted to be them so bad like i wanted to wear those huge hot topic pants with the tight t-shirt <laughs> the tight see-through t-shirts i wanted to be that guy so bad that never came true but the hardys are legends hasn't come true yet Hasn't come true yet, but the Hardys are legends. I believe they should be on everybody's list somewhere in the top three. And you know what? Us seeing them at WrestleMania just makes it so much better. Like, we got to see their comeback. We cried in Orlando. They made Hot Top quite cool again. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm glad you brought that up because I meant to when I put them on my list. But, yeah, like, that moment was... Like, one of the, like, most memorable moments I've had as a wrestling fan, like, watching a live show. And, Alo, I know you agree with that as well. well. If you think back of it, it was probably one of the biggest moments, too, on that whole WrestleMania show. Mm-hmm. I think that was, that was probably, like, the moment. Not even just being live. It was, it was a big moment. Yeah, it was probably the biggest moment on the show. Alo, who is your number two? Yeah, my, my, my number two is the Hardy Boys as well. Now, Pash, you'll appreciate this. The way I watched the Hardy Boys with the tag team titles is the way you watched our truth with the twenty four seven. I do appreciate. When that. they will lose the ti- when they will lose the titles, I'm like, okay, like when they going to get them back? They beat this team, they beat this team. Like when they going to get them back? Like why is Edge Christian? Why why did Edge Christian do this? Like why? What, what's going on? And and like Prep said, like I wanted to be like the Hardys too, the hot topic pants. Um, I, remember, I, remember, I remember back in the day. Like an old WWF magazine, they would have always had the shop section. And my mom, she was always she was always hesitant on using her credit card to order things because mm-hmm. this was like in two thousand and what so. So, like, I would have a fit if I couldn't get any like Hardy Boy merch <laughs> or, or whatever. And like, like when the Hardy Boys music hit, it was like a party. Like, even when, like the, the the look, everything they had with Lita. Team Extreme, so great, revolutionizing tag team wrestling with those TLC matches and ladder matches. And, like, even their singles careers took off uh, Jeff more than Matt, but great, but they were always better together as a unit. So they always come back to, they always came back and needed each other to kind of complete each other. But the Hardy Boys, they're my number two tag team of all time and my favorite. And also, like, I know I mentioned the stuff they did in Impact, but like them doing that. That, like, taped stuff on location, like, to me, that was something that, like, one of the first things that was, like, trying to push wrestling, like, in a different direction or in a new direction. Like, I feel like they, like, raised the bar a little bit when they did that. And that that's the main reason why I put them as high as I did on my list. Uh, so I will do my number two and my number one uh, back-to-back. 
Number two, you guys will be very surprised by this. I have the Young Bucks as number two. <laughs> really? Yes. Reason being, and I have... I have not been, like, the biggest fan or supporter of the Young Bucks. I rarely talk about the Young Bucks on this show. They're the New Bucks now. The New Bucks, yes. <laughs> I've probably talked about the New Bucks just as much as the Young Bucks on the Bad Madness podcast. But my reason for having them so high is, like, I really give them as much, if not more, credit than anyone else for the way the stuff outside of WWE has blown up over the last three to five years. Like, they have been in the middle of all of it. They have been a huge part of it. Social media, T-shirts, like, they're a big part of AEW becoming a reality. So, for me, I just think they have had such an influence on the world of wrestling in the last few years. They are legitimately, like, a driving force in trying to change a thing that I have gotten so tired of over the last couple of years. So, like, the excitement they've given me over the last couple months with all of the announcements and the, the shows, I feel like they have earned this because, granted, their story's not completely written yet, but the fact that something they're doing has me so excited for the future of wrestling, to me, that is why they ended up number two on my list and obviously, if anybody has anything else they'd like to say about the Young Bucks or my positioning of them on my list, like feel free to do it now. I'm shocked. <laughs> I, I knew you would be. <laughs> so proud of you. I'm so proud. <laughs> but my, my young boy's growing up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I just think they deserve it. There's, like, so much they've done already. And to me, that more than, like, any other team, the things they have left to accomplish are, like, bigger than tag team wrestling. So I'm giving them a lot of credit for... For that, uh, and my number one, and I guess you guys are probably going to be surprised. I have the New Day as my number one tag team. Yes, it is. Wow. Uh, for some of the reasons Prep mentioned, like one, I remember when they were first debuting and how much people hated it. I remember them getting booed here at the Royal Rumble in 2015. I remember being like one of the first people that liked them. And then to see the way that they bounced back and the way that they became, like, the most popular thing in WWE for years, the fact that they became, like, such huge merchandise sellers, the fact that they became, like, something that WWE was, like, in a lot of ways, uh, plan like, basing their show around, the fact that all three guys were great as a team and are so good individually, the fact that, like, they literally got Kofi Kingston a world championship, like, and to me, it's the fact that I think in WWE, uh, they made it where, and granted, I don't think they're all the way there, but I think, like, they truly opened the door for, like, not being white and being featured on that show. Like, no matter what you say about anyone else who's been, like, a huge star in the company, they are the first ones who are, like, black that became, to a degree, the face of the company. So for, for those reasons, I have them number one. Like with the Usos, a lot of the greatest matches we've seen in the last three years have involved the New Day. Usos, New Day. And there's, there's still so much more that these guys can do. So the New Day is number one for me because I think like they, they kind of changed the course of WWE for the better in a way. And they, they became a thing that was consistently enjoyable at a time when most things were consistently unenjoyable. So that is my two and one. And Alo, 
Uh, well, if anybody else has any other comments on the new day, uh, Joseph. I mean, what much more can we say? We've kind of covered it um, when they brought it up earlier in the show. New Day have been integral to the tag team division and have been very influential over the past, I don't know, I want to say decade of wrestling. And I go again, they've been at the forefront. And the fact that the New Day rocks cadence, like, became a staple in, at wrestling shows everywhere. Like, again, to me, is like another reason why I remember it, it from, shows. I remember our humble beginnings when we first started the podcast, we had a New Day um, cereal box. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> when we were at our old arena. We did. Uh, Alo and Prep, any thoughts on the New Day before Alo gives his number one? They're fantastic. I went in already on them. Yeah, Alo. Yeah, nothing else to say, Pat. You, you pretty much covered it, and everything is everything you said is valid. And as I, I was there at that Romo 15 where they got booed at the building. Like I, I didn't, I didn't like it. Even I remember when they first became number no one contenders for the tag titles, I was pissed. And then them beats his all <laughs> one kid. I was pissed. I was like, these guys. Really? This and then right after that, they got the momentum going with that heel run because they actually, they actually turned them heel and they embraced that it wasn't working. And that gimmick was supposed to be over as as a face gimmick, but they embraced the heel, the heel heat, and like you said, it, it brought us some of the best things we've seen in the last four and a half years with the New Day Rock staying, the Bootios, the <laughs> Biggie, um, Kofi twerking, Biggie dry rated. Some of the fun stuff we've seen has been from the New Day within the last few years, and they've always been consistent no matter what combination you get in the two of the ring, or combination of the three you get in the ring. Yeah. Uh, and responsible for maybe the worst segment in the last five years in WWE, the old day. <laughs> yeah, that, that still rivals uh, the Alexa Bliss <laughs> Bailey, This Is Your Life, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Alo, who do you have number one? I think I know who it is, but you might as well tell our listeners. It's the best friends. Like, are you dumb? <laughs> <laughs> so the best friends are your number one? Of, of course. Me? Eric? Like, the, 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 the corny love story? Like, what? Like, what's What? I can't argue the lovers' quarrels we get so often on this podcast. Yeah, exactly. But if I didn't have to pick the best friends, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll pick. Of course, it's the Dudley Boys, uh, a team that never really they did they did get split up. But in, especially in WWE, it didn't work. The whole Reverend Devon thing didn't get over. Bubba had a quick singles run, but they quickly put him back with Spike Dudley. Not too long after that. The team has so much longevity. I believe they have over 24 tag team titles combined between WWE, WCW, ECW, New Japan, and Impact. The Delhi—they'll still—they'll probably be one of the most over tag teams in wrestling history. The whole tables thing to this day still stands. No matter what, they also have great matches with anybody. Both both guys excellent workers. Some also responsible for the probably the best ever in tag team wrestling with that 2000 to 2001 period with the Hardys and Edge and Christian. So the the Dudleys are my number one pick. Yeah, uh, I think we we kind of all have mentioned the Dudley or talked about the Dudley boys a little bit, and I don't think anybody will begrudge that. Prep, your number one. My number one. You guys should already know it's pretty on brand. The Nasty Boys. <laughs> I had them on my that. list, and I took them off because I thought you were going to have them pretty high. Yeah, number one. <laughs> I, I can't tell you why. I don't get it. It's my loyalty to WCW like because that's when I watched them. Because when they were in WWE, I was like three. 
<laughs> so, like their WCW run, it's the finisher, it's the shirts, it's the personality. I just love the Nasty Boys. Is it also the haircuts? Uh, so, yeah, I'm next. It's pretty fly mullets. <laughs> and Joseph, you're wrapping it up. Who is your number? Yeah, I'm one wrapping it up again. Like sounds like most of us, the list just kind of fluid and changed throughout the process of naming these teams. I originally had the Dudley Boys up there as one, but I wanted to name Hardly Hart the way it fell with the Snake, Hardys, and Dudleys. So by that process, uh, Edge and Christian moved to number one for me. Um, just remember them finally through everything they've done. Um, like you said, maybe Edge had a better singles career, but I do remember their tag team run was, again, you could tie all three of those teams together, for, in, in my opinion. All the matches they had, um, ladder matches, table matches, it was just a good error for them, for wrestling. And also something I didn't mention when they came up earlier that I think they deserve a lot of credit for, two of like the few guys who are equally like good in the ring and also like very entertaining out. Yeah, like, they they got, could be like silly and stupid and funny, but they, they were got, also yeah, great. Yeah, they in got the great, ring. great heel heat um, and again still cut promos that made you laugh. Yeah, like the stuff with defense. with Kurt Angle was amazing. Him, you know, with the poster boards with all the insults written on the back of them. <laughs> like uh, to me a very deserving uh, number 1. Uh, we have I have about 5 minutes. Uh, before we have to close it out. So, Ayla, I know you had some honorable mentions you wanted to get to. Yeah, I had a couple of honorable mentions. I had the Rockers, which is one which we talked about, Harlem Heat, the Bulldogs, New Day. And there's a tag team that I don't think anybody, maybe Joey and Prep maybe, yeah, I think Joey and Prep could talk about this. The Miz and John Morrison, they when WWE actually put tried to put a team tag team division together, they were the constant. They would do these weekly segments on dot com called the Dirt Sheet, which was some excellent work. They yeah. would do it for week on a week to week basis for about almost a little over a year. But a very under, underrated and forgotten tag team, the Mr. Sure. John Morrison. Um. Joey, you have any anybody that you want to list as an honorable mention? Honorable mentions. I have uh, the Natural Disasters. Um, just because they were an imposing force again, not not the best tag team in the world. <laughs> was that um, I had Harlem Heat, which was an honorable mention. Um, then the New Day. Good ones, Prep. Anybody that you feel deserves to be mentioned here? Yeah, uh, the besties, obviously. <laughs> uh, P and P. Okay. <laughs> One of the greatest tag teams of all time. Um, as well as you know the revival. Fantastic tag team. Uh, for me, so everybody I have on my honorable mentions have been mentioned in some way by you guys. So the only one I have left to mention is uh, American Alpha. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Because I really did enjoy Gable and, and Jordan. I thought they were a lot of fun in NXT. They had some amazing matches. And... I think a lot of untapped potential, unfortunately, with the two of them. Where is Jordan? Is he? He has an injury, wrestle. and I think he's just not cleared. To not, come back. Still, still hurt. Yeah, yeah, they won't let him wrestle. There's a neck, which, which is a shame. Because yeah. that gimmick was just taking off. Yeah, and um, quickly, uh, Lee Collector sent me some of his list. He says LODs, LOD, LODs, mm-hmm. Legion of Doom, Hardys, Yoko and Owen, Hart Foundation, Los Guerreros, Usos, Braun and Nicholas. Mm. And 
Bron and Nicholas. <laughs> <laughs> Harlem Heat, Money Inc., RVD and Sabu, Miz and Morris, Undisputed Era. Bruce Evan ate in English. Yeah, <laughs> very good one for a little while uh, that I know we all enjoy. Well, Jay Vargas, thank you for, for sharing your list. Uh, any final thoughts from anyone? Any Joseph, anything you'd like to add? No. Prep? I would like to give you Joe Laugh's list. It's the uh, Midnight Express, the Rock and Roll Express, <laughs> the Oriano Express. You know, just to name a few. Every, every Express. Prep, prep. The best part of you saying that is, before you came on, I put a disclaimer that the Brain Busters, the Midnight Express, <laughs> will not be on my list. I'm honestly curious what would Joe Last tag list would be. Um, Prep just named it. <laughs> well, he didn't get to ten, so I'm curious what like the other six or seven would be. Free I'm birds. very curious. There's got to be another expre- a couple other expresses out there. there American males. The American Males. Wow, well, I'm glad they got a shout-out. Who is... Uh, Million Dollar Man and Virgil. Who is... Uh, oh, crap. I'm, like, losing his name. Um, who is... The Main Event Mafia. <laughs> um, Spirit Squad. No, I'm, I'm blanking on the last name now. My favorite wrestler. Why can't? Why is his name not Kenny Omega? Christian? No, no, no. Jungle uh, Boy. Shawn no, Michaels. No. Uh, Our truth. He won the WCW Championship. His name is David Arquette. Like, David Arquette. Who's his tag team partner? RJ City. Yeah. So David Arquette and RJ City on my honorable mention. Um, oh, world's cutest tag team is on my honorable mentions. You have to, you know, I know, I know, but this tag team is fantastic. The Iconics, some of the best promos of the year thus far. That don't make TV, but anyway, that, that's the sad part. I, I, mentioned be things, me. <laughs> I mentioned quite a few things were iconic in tag team division history. None more iconic than the namesake, the Iconics. So I'm glad that they got a mention. Um I hope you guys enjoyed the show. If you want to list uh, for us your own 10 favorite tag teams, feel free to do that on our social media. Um, Alo, would you like to plug the social media and move some merch? Yes. Uh, Instagram and Twitter, Matt Madness Pod, and head over to watermoodover.net to embrace the madness for your Matt Madness gear. All right. So for... Mr. Sexy Punta Cana, the now forever C.K. and Joe Rodermill. Doing it right. For Preptagon Jr., Josh Prep Igina. And for Mr. Wednesday Night Live, we call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo, Aaron Lloyd. I am Ron Pashery, and we will see you next week. Hop on the top rope by the land with his elbow. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. This is Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my balls. Shut the mystery man, it ain't shake the land off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.